What's up, everybody? Josiah Leroy here, Geeks Got Game. We are talking about video games today here at the Geekiverse, as we often do. With me today, Jeff Pavlock. Good to be back. Yeah, we missed you. All three. I missed both of you. All, like <laughs> we haven't hit this crew yeah, together. This has been a while. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe to December. I don't know. Uh, e3. No. It had three to us? We that. did a show since then. I feel like Maybe October. Not. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And um, David Adams. Adams. There we go. Wow. How about that? I think I was wearing this very jacket. To my left. And maybe the same shirt? Possibly. I was yeah. the boy sh- you're, I was you like the boy, boy shirt. I was wearing the boy shirt. Okay, yeah. maybe that's you, it. I think you had a Geek of shirt. I mean, there I are pictures that exist of that event. We can, yeah, we can look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that as well. Like we filmed the show there. <laughs> uh, I feel like we did a Facebook Live. Yes, we did. A couple. Uh, to my left. The Boogeyman, John Fick. Yes, we're gonna make you it. You got it again. We're gonna make it stick. Hello there. He's, why? He's why? The Boogeyman. Why? Because he's almost John Wick. Basically. John oh, okay. It's a letter away from John Wick. I'm sure you've never heard no. that joke before well, about John uh, Wick have before. You, have you heard Boogeyman before? That, no, that's new. That's new. Okay. Boogeyman, you. you I, I was that. being sarcastic about it. No, he's that? heard John Fick before. Oh, so I know. Close. That's yeah, why I was being sarcastic. Uh, I debuted it for the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order spoiler cast. That whole sequence is actually hilarious to walk back That's because fun. you're a little bit surprised and you come right back at me. You're like, you've been sitting on it for a day. You've been sleeping on this? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, good stuff. So we're excited to be here. We've got lots to get to on today's episode. We're going to talk about Xbox Series X. We're going to talk about some incredibly strong video game sales numbers from Jedi Fallen Order, a bunch of Nintendo Switch titles, and more. Lots more. And a few... Tons. A few... Uh, Big wigs in the gaming industry finding new homes. Oh, yeah. So, before we get to any of that, as always, we'll start the episode with what's in your system. Do you almost spill? I came very, very <laughs> close. You're watching the. A lot of I came yeah. very <laughs> close. I've thought about it. Like, it's probably good that Seth hasn't been on. Like, he's the. Yeah. Guy. Oh, he would if 100% throw it everywhere. <laughs> he has not, not spilled like wine on any of my furniture upstairs, table down here. Like, he is the spiller. Anyway. What are we playing, boys? What's going on in our systems? Jeff, what, what have you been playing in the last month or two? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses has me by the throat and Man. will not let me go. <laughs> I um, I went back to it about a month back because uh, I played it over the summer when it first came out. I did one story route of the four, uh, dumped a little over 40 hours into it. Um, but around that time was just when that deluge of games for Switch was starting up uh, at the end of the year, like Astral Chain. Link's Awakening remake, Luigi's Mansion, Dragon Quest, Pokemon. So I, I I had to put it away, even though I wanted to play it again. So I, I went back to it now, did a second story route. So now I'm up to eighty five ish hours on it. Man, and just yesterday I bought all the DLC, and I'm ready to do a third story route on it now. That is one I want to dive into. <laughs> it is. It's I, I, like I'm no longer. Like I don't debate it anymore. It's the best Fire Emblem ever. Awesome. Like I, I was, you know, deliberating about that since the summer. But now I, uh, I'm Awakening. Would that be your, yes, your favorite I would say Awaken. Before this, Awakening was the best. Whereas Path of Radiance was my personal favorite. Am I, I am I off on this, or was Awakening the one that kind of like brought Fire Emblem to the U.S. Yes, in a real way? Right. It, yes, I haven't was, played one. Yeah, that was the one that completely rejuvenated the franchise, launched it to mainstream success that it had never known before, and actually, it was going to get. put on indefinite hiatus if that had not succeeded like nintendo flat out admitted hey if awakening had not sold the way it did we were going to put the series we were going to give the axe to it cool um so but but three houses just absolutely amazing it's probably the best writing i've ever seen in a nintendo game the world building and the story for this game is far more mature and far more in depth than you've ever seen out of a, a nintendo title whether it's zelda metroid 
any other Fire Emblem game. I'm fascinated by the setting, the premise. Like, I would love a giant compendium of just, like, the world history and everything like that. They put so much effort into this story. And all the different perspectives are so cool. Like, you play through one story route, you're only getting a fraction of the story and all the lore behind it. If you want to fully appreciate it, you have to play multiple story routes. You'll love to see so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that Well, that will occupy your time. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to let John talk about his before I get to mine, because mine is, is kind you of crazy. List. I've got a list, and it's going to tie into the next segment. Very well. So, John, you're spinning your tires a little bit in terms of new games. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played much, to be honest, this year. Um, so, since the last time we recorded, I have played uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That is not a good game. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's Really? So, it, that's the hot take you were yeah, alluding to? I mean, it's, it's there. <laughs> it's not good. It's not <laughs> offensively bad. It's just, it's just a very uninspired RPG. There's... No, you, you feel no satisfaction doing any of the side quests. It's cool to see some like side characters from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, but all the side quests are just fetch quests. Go get these ingredients for this meal. You don't even need to cook in the game. You can just you can just button mash away. The combat's fun. It, it if you like Dragon Ball, it is a pretty cool way to re-experience the story. When I first when I first was playing the game, I think what I said was either if you really like Dragon Ball, it's a great way to re experience the story through like a bad RPG or if you've never seen Dragon Ball but you like video games it's a good way to experience a Dragon Ball story I take that part back don't play this game if you don't if you don't know Dragon Ball I don't trust people who haven't seen Dragon Ball yeah there's a lot of them found one <laughs> uh, so if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Z don't make this your first experience with it there's a lot missing it it's it's just not a good game Again, I got through it. I probably put 40 hours into it. Sounds about right. I beat it. That's a lot for a game you didn't like. I did like it. What did we talk about, John? You don't have to finish games you don't like. But I did like it. But I can recognize it. The Resident Evil 6 dilemma. But it was bad. (laughs) So Okay, so like uh, how I like certain Star Wars movies. Yes. It's okay for me to watch them. It's okay for them to be bad. No, I'm not opening a debate. (laughs) We counsel each other on some of the stuff. John seems to disagree. No, it's, it's... yeah, that's what it came down to. I I like Dragon Ball, so I wasn't course, I didn't yeah. hate my time with it. So I, I'm I'm enjoying this because I get to relive the, all the story beats. It's like one of the first, maybe the only time we've gotten a Dragon Ball game that goes from beginning to end. Like we go right through the Boo saga. We start it. We start it. Rad touching down. We go right through Boo. Most games stop at Cell for some reason. Right. Well, <laughs> that's because, in my opinion, Dragon Ball ends with Cell oh, as well. I, I hate I hate the Boo saga. I love it so much. I hate the Boo saga. Big Boo fan. Nope. <laughs> I have no opinion on this. Right, no, no, of course. Yeah. Shocking. It's very rare for me. I have zero idea. Yeah. So zero. The, the, it's, it's a bad RPG. The fighting is okay at best, and it's it's the Dragon Ball story, so not that great. Um, but, again, I enjoyed my time with it being a Dragon Ball fan. Also played through The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the, the remake mm, for Switch. I'd like to play that. That game is awesome. Um, I have not played a lot of Zelda games, but I love Zelda. Like, I... I I don't. Every time I play one and I finish it, like Breath of the Wild might be my favorite game ever. I just like I don't know why I don't play more Zelda games. I love Zelda. That game was so much fun. I agree. I don't know why you don't play more Zelda I, games. So <laughs> since then, so I played Lakes Awakening. Sidebar on that, I don't know how people beat these games without guides. Like, I don't oh know, yeah, I don't know if I'm just one of them dumb kids, but like, no, I look at guides all the time dude, for different things. And, and I mean, like Breath of the Wild, I didn't use guides for. I beat every shrine in that game. Beat the game, no guides. But like these, mm, these some. like dungeons in. These Zelda games are nuts. 
it just I don't even know. How and to... like back in the day, they didn't have the hint systems that like the the remake for Link's yeah. Awakening does now. I don't even use the hint. You system. were just on your own. Man. I'm just using guides. I don't yeah. Even, I don't know, in-game hint system is I'm just following did, a guide. Did you beat Link's Awakening? I did. Yeah. Okay, so like Eagles Tower back in 1993 was the video game version of Hell without a guide. Insane. Good luck beating that, especially when you were like five or six years old. For sure. So that was fun. Um, that inspired me to want to play more Zelda games. So I have picked up Ocarina of Time, which I have never played through. I've never gotten pe- uh, through the first dungeon, not counting the the, the Deku Tree, the the Goron to- Goron Mountain. Is that the first dungeon? The Great Deku Tree is the first dungeon. Okay, so that, I wasn't counting that for whatever reason. Second dungeon, the Dodango's Cavern. That one. Haven't never beat that, and I'm in the middle of that right now. Just wait till you get to the water temple. Yeah, I don't want to play. That. <laughs> I know what, I know a lot about it. So I've been uh, kind of just picking up and playing that one on 3ds. It hasn't been like a, I haven't like fully committed to it. I'm just like every once in a while chipping away at it on the handhelds. Um, playing a lot of Fortnite Chapter Two, just as my pick up and play game. I'm not nearly as invested in Fortnite as I was during during the craze. Still like it, respect it. Game's crazy. I can't believe how good it is and it's free and all the updates they give to that game. Um, but yeah, that's definitely like my, I don't really feel like watching anything. I don't want to dive into, I don't want to pay too much attention. I just want to pick up and play and try to get a quick win in Fortnite. A lot of that. And then, um, I've been trying out project X cloud too. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So talk about that. So you, you got in on, on this, it's beta, right? The iOS beta. Yeah. So it's been in beta for months. I mean, I would say like six months sounds about right. It's been out for, for Android only. Um, it just dropped maybe last month or so on iOS. So you have to like apply to, for the beta program. I got in. I've been running on my iPad and my iPhone. The only game available for the iOS beta, this unless this changed within the last week or so, I haven't really opened it in a couple of days, is the Master Chief Collection, Halo Master Chief Collection. It's a good one to start with. It's very good. From what I understand, the Android beta has plenty of games on it, though. You can play, like, Gears 5 on there. There's, like, tons of stuff to play on the Android beta. Not sure why iOS only has one game, um, but I've been playing it. been hooked, hooking up. To, I, I actually have been playing on my DualShock. I've been playing Halo on my iPad. I've been playing Halo on my iPad with a DualShock 4 through all officially supported <laughs> services. I saw that DualShock was supported, and I thought I didn't read it like any, i thought i dreamed it i'm pretty sure any bluetooth device that you can hook up to your yeah. xcloud supported device will just work talk about it's like nuts. like that crossover right like they just man it's, xbox so is killing it. it that's cool i mean and i that that's a huge thing for me too like ios gaming has come a long way too with things like apple arcade controller support and now the, like these the fact that these streaming services are going to live on that like i would prefer to game on this over a switch I, I would prefer a bigger screen that i can sit down with and have a controller in my hand like that. I mean, I know you can do that with the Switch. So you can, the right tabletop library. mode, stuff. But like this, again, I'm going to have yeah. this on me anyways because I keep, take my iPad everywhere. Um, it, it has 120 frames per second support. I play Fortnite on this thing at 120 FPS. That's better than my PlayStation and my Xbox can do. It's insane. That is insane. It's wild. So like that's a kind of like a, a, a another topic, but iOS gaming is coming a long way. But to talk to, about X, xCloud specifically, I cannot believe how smooth it is. Like absolute butter. So I was going to ask, like, what's the latency like, anything like that? Like, are Yeah, you- definitely latency. There's as much latency as if you were playing a first-person shooter on a big-screen TV without game mode on. Okay. So when I so when I switch inputs on my TV and I forget to throw a game mode on, that, that latency is the same thing I got on xCloud. I can get used to it, and I can – it's not a gimmick. Like I don't just open up xCloud to just test it out and play with it. I literally will just throw on a game of Halo and just play some Halo 2. And it just feels like I'm playing Halo. I just got to get used to the latency real quick, and then I'm in. It's fun. Yeah. It's awesome. 
And then especially games like puzzle games or like action adventure games, things that aren't Twitch based, like you won't even notice it. The latency is, is very, very good. Um, it is definitely not like perfect. So there's like, there's artifacting. There's a lot of artifacting. You can tell it's like, uh, it's like streaming a show when it's just like, when you're not in ideal conditions, you can tell that things aren't as crisp as they should be. But it doesn't ever affect performance. It just seems like they scale it back and they give you like a lesser quality image when things aren't perfect. And like that's fine. I don't get hiccups. I just get a little bit of fuzziness every once in a while. So, and honestly, there's room for growth on this because in fact this is a beta. Beta, yeah. So that's saying a lot, and that's going to tie in very nicely. I feel like as we get into the next generation with Xbox Series X. Super interested to see how they how they actually make this a product. Like right now, if you're on the beta, iOS aside. On Android, you just have access to all these games for free. Like obviously, that's just because it's a beta. But you just open up the XCloud beta, and there's just a library of games that you just can just play right now for free. Yeah. So I wonder. I mean, obviously, I've already heard Phil Spencer mention the word monetize. Obviously, they're going to monetize this. They're going to. You know, it's not going to give away free games. That'd be silly. And a service that they have to pay for servers and all sorts of stuff for. Right. Interested to see if this is its own thing, or if it's part of like Game Pass, or even if like. Maybe Xbox Live, Game Pass, and xCloud are all just one service. I was going to say, I, I wonder if they make it its own tier or something. There's yeah. going to be a, some sort of price point to it, I would think. I would ideally love for them to just 15 bucks a month is the only option. Or you can pay maybe yearly to get your discount. Yeah. And you get, X, you get xCloud, your gold, and your Game Pass. Which I think is the cost for Game Pass Ultimate right now. Or may, it might even just be twelve ninety nine a month. Uh, it's 15 Is it 15 yeah. yeah. There's always deals to be had, though. Like you, so it is fifteen. But like right now, Amazon or Walmart has like a three months for twenty five. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever paid full price for it. I've always Same. gotten like buy one month get three free. I started yep. with a free month. I went to EGLX in Toronto and got like three or I think six free months there. They just were handing them out. Like they've, yeah. they've they've been giving this service away to let people realize. And we're talking about uh, Game Pass now, not XCloud. But they've been giving Game Pass away to let people really get their hands on and realize like. This is an incredible service. It is. It's it's my favorite subscription service ever. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to gaming, it's just, they've they've nailed it so far. Yep. So I've been doing a lot of XCloud. I'm super interested to see wh- how they actually roll that out. You know what eventually it comes to. I know when even before XCloud launched, they were talking about like it coming to Switch. Like, could that ever happen? Could there just be an XCloud app on Switch? You know, you're paying you're paying Xbox for that, but you're playing on your Switch. I mean could be cool yeah i don't see why not honestly i'm so excited for everything that we're going to see in the pipeline for xbox as we get into the e3 season really just a few months away here now um all right was that it because uh let me tell you i've got I've a list playing sounds about right yeah that's it all right so here we go um how much backlog time do you have season for Josiah. backlog season i am crushing my backlog and i gotta tell you there's a weight lifted off my shoulders <laughs> it is awesome so to really quickly run you through since January 1st, um, I have beaten, so completed beginning to end, Last of Us Remastered on PS4, Last of Us Left Behind, Resident Evil 2 Remake on PS4. Oh boy, I love that game. I want to play it. It's I awesome. I love that game so much. Like, It's probably not enough to make me go get Resident Evil 3 right away just because it's sandwiched in between a few games that I want. And you know you're going to be able to get it for like half the price in like two months because it's, it's a square game. <laughs> I got Resident Evil 2 for fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, so just what I can't. I just Capcom. can't right away. Capcom, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, same I, thing in my mind. <laughs> in terms of games going very cheap, very quickly for discounts. Yeah, you're yeah. right. No, no, I said Square. Uh, Rage two. Uh, so that that was oh. all uh, January. Rage two was fun. Yeah. Play it. Uh, Is that on Game Pass? It just left Game Pass. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, I don't. 
I don't really care, but I was just wondering if you paid for it. I paid 15 bucks for it. Uh, so I, I got it before it was on Game Pass, and it was in my backlog. Cool. We enter February. I play uh, Bioshock the Collection, because we had talked about we, Bioshock. Yes, you, you never played Burial at Sea. Did you do that? Correct. So I, I did. Oh, so yes. we, we, we go. About that? No. Oh. No. So I, I went through original Bioshock, I skipped two, and I went to Infinite. Okay. And then I played uh, both episodes of Buried at Sea. How do you feel about that? Um, I really put the bow on the series for me. Awesome. Like right? it was like the so first of all, episode one was awesome in the sense that going back to Rapture was it looked that much better, but to see it lively was really really cool. So cool. Like to be there right before you know what hit the fan, um, and then in episode two playing as um, Elizabeth. Yeah. That was really cool. Very stealthy, well. right? If I recall, I played it when it came out. So different it was a while skill ago. set. Yeah. Uh, different weapons and abilities. I was all about it. A lot of, a lot of sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. So, Which I don't traditionally love. I'm not a big stealth guy, but I, for whatever reason, it, it worked in Burial Let's See. It, it did, for sure. So I was really excited to do that. And I was excited to play the Bioshock games again because it's been a number of years since uh, I was able to visit Rapture and uh, Columbia there. That was your first uh, Last of Us playthrough since the game came out right yeah you haven't played that was your first time playing remastered it was my first time playing remastered i never played left behind so i played the dlc there as well okay very prominent dlc in in terms of just general dlc yeah um not to mention i wanted to kind of whet my appetite before last of us part two so obviously we have to wait a few more months to get it but still i just i can't wait till may 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 29th, may 29th. yeah yep. uh so also played Seth will appreciate this because it's been sitting on my shelf for three years uh, <laughs> or two years. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Shadow I of the Colossus Remastered. Oh, uh. That's a hard game. You get the hang of it and you get in the groove. So there's 16 beasts you have to beat throughout the game. And uh, I feel like in one night I beat like four or five of them, no problem. And then I struggled to beat one the next night. You just kind of got in a groove with it. Definitely recommend it. It's about, it took me about six hours or so to play through. That's so. one of my favorite action-adventure games ever. It feels I, like a Nintendo game to me. Actually. It has kind of that element. Like it, it has a little bit of Zelda in there, a little bit of Okami in there, just that open world. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, yeah, you're fighting the giant colossi, but basically they're all giant puzzles. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. can't just run up to them and hack at their feet. you got to figure out how do you get up, climb up onto them, and find the runes to stab into. And with the limited energy meter that you yes. had, like you had a playing so you're you climb up on a colossus and he starts shaking and like you have to spend energy to hang on and then when he's not you have to find a place that you can stand without holding on and it was just this whole dynamic it was the stamina meter before the stamina meter it was <laughs> and usually that's not my cup of tea in terms of gaming but i'm really happy i played it and i finally returned it to seth it's a beautiful that was, game that was though, just or maybe is on ps plus i believe i believe it was. this month i believe it is on ps plus nice and honestly what's funny i'm it was January or February. Bioshock, Bioshock right? Yeah. So I, I I didn't plan any of this. It just happened. Um, also, so I went, so I had to travel for my day job. And I brought my Xbox with because I was like, I had to stay overnight. And this was my opportunity to kind of get in some real like game time because we, we got out of work and I was like, all right, I'm going back to the hotel and this is what I'm doing. I had preloaded uh, or downloaded Fallout 4 onto my Xbox one before I left and I was like this is great I'm finally going to dive into it I've had it on my shelf for two years and I realized I downloaded it to my hard drive oh no so I get there and uh, you can imagine what it's like to try to download an Xbox game on hotel Wi-Fi Ah. (laughs) if only you had xCloud if only I had (laughs) xCloud 
it did not end up working out. But H- how many expletives were uttered that day? I stared into the TV <laughs> oh, okay. for a solid twenty minutes in disbelief, <laughs> not understanding what at all had, had transpired. Thinking I can't believe this actually happened. However, it was kind of all for a good reason because I had saved on there. I downloaded it last year. The final two episodes of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. A series that was near and dear to me, and I kind of fell off as Telltale went through their ter- turmoil. Sure. But a very beautiful ending to Clementine's story. That, so I finished both episodes that That night. wasn't Perfect. even them who finished it. They were already, like, done by the time that series... Didn't, like, Starlight or something? Some, Starbright? What was the name of that Skybound. <laughs> Skybound. Skybound came in to finish the last two episodes. Got it. Yeah, because uh, I remember that was a huge thing. Like, they went under in the middle of that run. They right. did. Yeah. Uh, right at the end there, almost. So, I'm really happy I got to play those. It made me play those. And then, all uh, within two weeks, I beat Fallout 4. So, I had a really nice... Like, I've had a really good phase here. Yeah, that's but a the, lot of games. <laughs> that's that's a lot to get through. Fallout 4 is, is a big game. Um... I didn't skimp too much. Like I, I'm not a big side mission guy, but you have to to level up a little bit in that sure, game. They have a chance. Grinding, yeah. And um, I, I found the world pretty interesting. I always think of like Mass Effect. That's like my uh, my RPG. That's that's my game that I would spend countless hours in and play through over and over again. Um, I would definitively say I enjoyed Fallout much more than Skyrim. Okay. If we're comparing Bethesda RPGs. For really uh, the last two generations now, yeah. Skyrim I kind of just wanted to get through, and I couldn't have cared less about the story. Even though at first I did, I just lost focus. Fallout Four I really cared about the whole time. I gotta say, which I did not expect. Hmm. I still like Oblivion more than Skyrim. Never played Oblivion. As far as Elder Scrolls go, I still think Oblivion is the best in that franchise. I think you could probably make an argument either way, uh, from what I hear at least. But uh, that's where I've been at. So if we shift into backlogged here, uh, kind of briefly, a lot of those games were on my backlog. They're yeah. gone now. I mentioned. <laughs> I'm not Fallout. surprised to hear that. <laughs> I mentioned uh, Bioshock last episode. All of this, by the way, uh, stemmed when I tried to play Bloodborne after I beat uh, Rage Two. Okay. And an hour in, and I was beyond frustrated, and I was like, <laughs> I can't even handle the first hour of this game, which is presumably the easiest <laughs> it's not going to go well for me so alas i made the decision not to find a, you know this this state where i was going to grind through bloodborne just to do it it's not for me i wanted it to be it's sitting on my shelf along with sekiro unfortunately because those two were going to be the next two i was able to play all these other games because i didn't go through those fair enough so, is what it is red dead redemption 2 that's my backlog game that i only finished uh maybe half the game uh, that's about where I got. That's sitting on my shelf. I'd like to get back to it. It's not going to happen for a little bit here uh, because I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I went through that rant. Uh, anything, a lot of games. Anything sitting on the shelf for you boys uh, that you haven't gotten to? Too, too much, man. Like There's so many games that I know that I would love and I need to play. I just I just haven't committed yet. Um, what's, Red, what's one game? Red Dead say? 2, I'll go with you there. That's the one that's kind of like on the, like, the tip of the tongue. It's like... Every time I sit down to play something like that, come that crosses my mind. Actually, given that the time that it deserves, but haven't. I might. I might. Pop it. Anything for you right now? You might remember this story. A couple years ago, I bought Twilight Princess HD for Wii U when it first came out, and I was doing Hero Mode, which flips the visuals because when that game first came out for Wii and GameCube, there were basically two different perspectives. If you played it on GameCube, Link was left-handed like normal. Hmm. 
on the Wii version, Link was right-handed. And in order to accommodate that, they just switched the visuals of the entire overworld. They just mirrored it? Yeah, they just mirrored it. Oh. I played Twilight Princess on GameCube. So I, I don't know anything about the way that the visuals look in the Wii version, which was just mirrored like that. So like huh. literally entire sections of the map are in the east or west. They're wow. just flipped like that. Um, but I, I got Twilight Princess HD for Wii U, and I started on Hero Mode, which has the, for you know what I'm used to, the mirrored overworld. It has it where Link is right-handed, and it has that flipped overworld, basically, that I'm not used to. I got two dungeons in, and I felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. Everything just looks so weird in reverse <laughs> like that. Because Twilight Princess is one of my favorite Zelda games, one of my favorite games in general. I, I'm I'm so in love with that game and the the, uh, the world there, the, the, that rendition of Hyrule. So it's very close to my heart. To see it flop like that just felt like such... It's too weird for me to look at. I just I couldn't do it anymore, so I put it away. I literally picked it up yesterday, and I'm finally starting it again. But I, I'm not doing the, the mirrored mode. I'm just doing it regular. Um, Good for you. Yep, so I'm finally going back to that through the HD version. Because they, they actually add a lot of cool stuff. There's a whole new... Uh, optional dungeon they added to that there's the amiibo support um, cleaned up some of the more tedious parts of the game they added new difficulty settings so um, and i guess that's just one of my favorite zelda games ever so i'm really looking forward to going through it now without it looking like an abomination to me <laughs> I, that's that's important as i quickly learned in in bloodborne that that game itself was not for me let alone that version for you um and it's funny, Brian Altano actually tweeted me from IGN because I tweeted him and I'm like, he's playing through Bloodborne right now and he, he loves it. I just know that from following him on social media. And I was like, what's your advice for someone who's just totally not capable of doing this? And he gave me some some good pointers, but it's still not going to get me there, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, right now you're probably listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or right through our website. Uh, just so you know, there also is a video version, which you can check out at YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse. Uh, we've got a full list of shows there. Just about anything that you hear on the podcast side, you can watch there. Uh, so again, it's YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse. On to the next segment here, honoring the past. Uh, so we, we go back 10 and 20 years, respectively, uh, to look at video games that came out in the month that we're recording. So this is an easy one uh, for us. If we go back 20 years to the year uh, 2000, we go to March. Not a lot uh, for me had come out. Pavlok, uh, I don't know if you want to look at my list or if you've got it pulled up here. Honestly, there's not a lot that I was really playing at that time. I mean, it, at that point, you had... PlayStation 2 and GameCube both coming later in the year. So the N64 mm. and the original PlayStation were really on their last legs. Um, there really wasn't much coming out at that time. I know there was that Kirby game, I believe, Crystal Shards. I actually didn't even play it at the time. Hmm. Granted, I was only 10 years old at the time, too, so it wasn't so easy for me to go buy a game like it is now. Sure. Um, so we, we see Thief 2. That's kind of a notable release there. It, it was a, I mean, the releases were far more spread out. I mean, in those days compared to now, but the, and but then especially with the factor that you had new consoles coming later in the year, the, the industry was quiet at that time. And we're looking at five or six total right. releases for March here, where as we go uh, 10 years ago, just to 2010, and I feel like as the decade went on here, we got more and more uh, spread out releases throughout the year, as opposed to just through for the holiday season. Yep. So for March of 2010, for me, there's a few notable ones. Uh, Bad, Battlefield Bad Company 2 came out March 2nd for PS3 and 360, and that was always a popular game right around that time in terms of shooters. Like, that was, I feel like, the one that brought Battlefield 
maybe to to the next level. Um, I, I actually only played very little of it, but for what it's worth, you know that was there. And then there was another one on my list here that I had. Oh, uh, God of War three. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so PS three that came out March fifteenth, and that was one of the first PlayStation three games I got after I got my PS three. I got uh, Heavy Rain, as we know, my love of that game. But God of War three, uh, that was the first dive into the series for me at all. And honestly, that was I, the first one you played. It was really because I, I didn't uh, I didn't play one and two on PS two. Okay. I think they were PS2. Yeah, they yeah. were. Both of them um, were. And then Ascension, actually, that came after God of War 3, I did not play either. Uh, so I, when they remastered it and brought it to PS3, the, the originals and the, the PSP games, I played a few of those. But God of War 3 was my first definitive experience with this, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. But let me tell you, had I known what was coming uh, just really a handful of years later for PS4 with the God of War soft reboot... My gosh, like that is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, uh, as, you know, I'm wearing the shirt that says boy, ironically, and I didn't even know that this was happening. I just pulled it up. Uh, Metro 2033, also a notable title. Uh, Pokemon Heart Gold, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. That's yep. pretty huge. Those were those are really, really good remakes on the, the, on the DS. I um, pedometer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still have that. I never, never even opened it. I still have my pedometer like in the packaging. I, it really can't be understated how beloved gold and silver were. Yeah. Like, like there, I mean, I would say I probably know more people who prefer those to red blue, which I mean, yes. red blue are you consider those the most iconic in yeah. the series given I mean, what they launched, but P- especially competitive players or people who take the mechanics really seriously. Heart, uh, what do you call it? Gold and silver really elevated the RPG mechanics of it. And then heart, gold and soul. So those are really good remakes. Yeah. I have a lot of time sunk into, uh, I think I have silver. I definitely have Soul Silver. I got gold. At, yeah, I got hard gold at the yep. time, and I can't remember why. I think it was because Arcanine and Growlithe were exclusive mm. to it, something like that. I just liked Lugia. Lugia is cool. I, de- I don't know, Lugia or oh, 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 I don't know which one I prefer. I go Lugia. They're both cool. Yeah, good the, the three legendary dogs are where oh, it's yeah, at, though. I, I those, those are problems. Those might be... Uh, I was about Back to say I like them more. Yeah, I like them more than the legendary birds, but I think I do. I'll bite, I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> I think I do. I think I'd go with the the dogs. Raikou is. I'm a sweet. He he might guy. be one of my top ten favorite Pokemon ever. Sweet so, yeah. up there for me. Yeah. I mean, Entei's awesome too. Good the stuff. movie. Remember the movie? Pokemon 2000. Oh yeah, sure do. No, sure. the one with Entei. Was that Pokemon 2000? Sure was. It was Lugia and, and Entei, right? No, the second one was with Lugia and the reg- and legendary birds. That was 2000. Which one was Ante? What was that called? That was the Come third on. one. It was with the unknowns. I can't remember oh, the you're name right, of it. You're right. It was like the little girl that he watched over yes. at the mansion. And Ante talked for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Got it. Him and Charizard fight at one point. Gotta know the Just answer. Stupidly to that movie. epic. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the movie. Couple, I think it might have been called Pokemon the third movie. It honestly might. I mean, I don't know why that just jogs such a memory for me, but I think you might be right. Because because the first Pokemon movie was literally Pokemon the movie. Pokemon the first movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Or maybe that's why we think the third movie sounds good. Maybe. Nope. Pokemon three, the movie. Okay. What a dumb name. Well, maybe that was the translation. Maybe there was something different in Japanese. Yeah, but when it was in Japan, they released it. Dumb name. Well, not they didn't release it. Like the Pokemon Company didn't release it in America. It would have nah. been a different whoever the distributor was back Bad then. Name. Well, that's all I got for uh, <laughs> games. In the, Once in again, the Josiah has nothing to give. I was Pokemon just going to opinion. You clearly see that I have not played or, or watched uh, Pokemon and Dragon subtitles. Ball Tangents. I love it. Yeah. Hey, that's good. This is why. I What's need the you next guys. one? Naruto. <laughs> What's I, I, 
Got nothing there. I, I actually don't have as much <laughs> as you might think. My, I'm very Gundam. limited. That's what I could talk about. Yeah, I have to say as well. You know what I could talk about? The first level or two of Jump Force, all right? <laughs> you can, yes. Yes, you can. And goodness did I love that game. Pavlik and I had such a fun night review in that game. Like, that was just, it was great. Um, re- definitely recommends. If it's not, I wouldn't say pieces. <laughs> The fighting game community hates that game, from what I know. Well, th- I was just about to say, it's not yeah. your traditional like fighting game, I, I feel like. Yeah. Um, which maybe is why I like it. No offense, guys. Um, I don't like fighting games at all. <laughs> so, picks of the month in March. Finally, finally, I'm going to be playing something current here. <laughs> Two come to mind for me. Uh, March 11th, free for Xbox Game Pass users. The long-awaited sequel to Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Super excited. I cannot wait. You got to play the first one still. I've played a bunch of it. I okay. never, I never finished. Oh, it, you got to beat it. But it's been so long, so I would have to just do a full replay. That's um, I might honestly not play it, but and I might just go right to Will of the Wisps. I'm gonna play it day one. I can't wait to to get my hands on it. I always loved the the world they crafted in the first one. How beautiful it was and how atmospheric it is. Yeah, like that's a game to play if you can. You know, obviously beggars can't be choosers, but. Play it in in the dark. Turn up the crank the surround sound like that. That is just that is the way to go with that one. Uh, I found Ori and the Blind Force to be really really difficult, and was I it, dumped it down. I was say it dumped the down. Platforming or the combat or level design? What Com- was the combat at, towards the end of the game? Okay. Maybe, well, maybe last third of the game. Uh, I definitely I started on the medium difficulty and, and finished on easy, and I still found it a challenge. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Um, Time's well, tight, man. You gotta yeah. gotta get through these games. I'm gonna find. I'll probably start Will the Wisps on medium as well, and you know work my way from there. But difficult game for sure. Yeah, it was really nice that you could you could toggle the difficulty midway through. I hate games. I, I don't let you do that. That's right. So frustrating. I think now most that I've games do right. There's some uh, specific one for me. Uh, Persona Five. That doesn't let you toggle it. I'm like, I just that's a big game. To I not know do that. Th- that's what's super frustrating about right. it. Right. Yeah, relatively you get, short. You get yeah. 30 hours into that, and it's basically a point of no return. That's garbage. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, any JRPG, there you should be able to toggle, toggle at any time. Yep. Or a game like Jedi Fallen Order, which lets us mess with the difficulty for as, sure. as we talked about. That was yeah. Check I'd out our spoiler cast. That was a great discussion. Uh, we had Derek Kramer from WGR on, and we just got it googled about this game for a solid hour and a half. Um, also, so this one was I, I had pre-ordered and I wanted it for its original release date in Join the club. <laughs> Doom Eternal. Yeah, so you. Doom Eternal. Uh, you're going to have to wait a little longer. Yeah. We if, don't know if I'm playing on if Switch. If and yeah. when. It's coming. Oh. But they say it's coming. You're going to play it on, you're gonna wait for the Switch version? Maybe. I don't know. I have my doubts. Uh, I'm sorry. I got another 50 hours to do in Fire Emblem, man. Sure. And then another and Twilight Pr- and Twilight Smash Pr- Brothers. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Actually, no. Eh, I don't know, man. I played a lot of Smash Brothers. Yeah, I need I, to, I need to put that away for February's maybe ever, forever. Sorry. March is kind of actually a packed month. There's yeah. a lot coming so, up. So, MLB. Do you big one for me every year? Yeah. Okay, that's no what I was gonna ask. Yep, MLB. We'll definitely pick that up. I will. I usually. The, the last few years I haven't, but I try to at least complete a full season. Like I, I really love that game. I, I just love playing actually playing each game. Yep. Right, one one sixty two. Play play uh, a whole season. I fell short the last two years, but not by much. I think I uh, put a solid amount of time into both of those games. They're always good. They get better every year. I mean, it's like pinnacle of just a perfect sports game. There's, oh yeah. There's nothing broken to complain about. Like there is an NHL, and there's no yeah yeah. Ever, do you, yeah. Do you remember the uh, triple play days? Did you ever play those? Triple play? It was baseball? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Triple play. When they transitioned to MVP baseball, yep. that first one, or no, the second one, was like, that was 
back at around that time my favorite. And M- I want MVP say- Baseball 05 is like widely considered the best baseball game of okay, all time. Okay, good to know. Um uh, I played an MLB the show maybe in the middle there, maybe in 03 or 04. Okay. I didn't start playing until I got a PS4. Gotcha. Okay. Nope, that's a that's a lie. PlayStation Vita. <laughs> PlayStation Vita. I had uh I had 12. That was the first one on Vita, I want to say. Yep, no, it wasn't the first one. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, because I guess you know, time makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I played three on Vita, and they were literally the same game. All three, just roster updates. They didn't That's do what I heard. anything different on the Vita versions. It just kept pumping them out, and I kept buying them like a clown. Um, <laughs> one of the first games that did like the cross save support, though, that was cool. So I could like yeah, between Vita and PlayStation Four. That such was a fun. great launch for Vita because we had that maybe a month after the Vita. I had Uncharted: The Golden Abyss. Yeah. Even Unit Thirteen, I, I okay. enjoyed. Uh, Launched with Rayman Origins. That was like yep, I yep. sunk a lot of time into that. Yep. There was like this um, downloadable game called Escape Plan. A lot of fun. Very oh, good game. Yeah. Man, good times. <laughs> good times. Y- you know what the real story of March is, though, right? Uh, there's a lot. Well, uh, Neo Two is what Pavlock <laughs> was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Outer Worlds on Switch. Not quite. Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not, yeah, not no, not even that. Oh the God. fact that it releases on the same day as Doom. Oh yeah, because Doom, yeah, the contrast the is just hilarious, yeah. and it's great because the Doom Eternal Twitter account and the Animal Cross, or sorry, Nintendo's Twitter account have been tweeting at each oh, other back and forth. That's awesome. Just ribbing each other and doing funny having, jokes. Having fun. Um, what do you call it? The two Reddit communities, the R slash uh, Reddit, and I think it, I think it's the Animal Crossing dedicated um, Reddit community. Their members have been posting artwork of the two different games on the opposite that's, game that's board. Very, very cool. So people have been drawing um, like the the Doom guy in the style of Animal Crossing. They've been drawing Isabel in the armor of the Doom guy. How cool would that be if Doom Animal Slayer. Crossing added some Doom items? It's it's hilarious. That'd I absolutely so cool. love the jokes that are going back and forth. Between so one of my I, go ahead. I would say one of my favorite memes is on top it's Isabel in GameStop. She says, I'd like to buy a copy of Doom Eternal. And then on the bottom <laughs> it's the Doom guy saying, I need a copy of Animal Crossing. That's awesome. <laughs> I just I love I love how yeah. these like Nintendo especially and like Microsoft. Just and, lean and, into it now. Yeah, like Bethesda. It just, you know, the console wars are dead, man. Just have fun and no, don't, someone, right. fans someone hasn't told PlayStation that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They got their own issues. Yeah, but you guys aren't interested in that at all, but I'm a, I'm super excited for Animal Crossing. Big, big Animal Crossing guy. You um, and a lot of other people, put man. Put a lot of time That's... into Animal Crossing New Leaf. That's the only one I played. Uh, a little bit of Pocket Camp. That wasn't very fun. Uh, but New Leaf for 3DS was super, super cool. I basically just used that game as a fishing simulator. It is just so <laughs> relaxing to fish in that game. You, if, you, if I pulled up my 3DS and showed you my New Leaf, I have like the biggest house you can get, and it's just filled with an aquarium <laughs> of sharks. And that's just all I do is fish. That's my life in Animal Crossing. It's fun. That game um, is going to sell so many copies. It's it not is. even funny. I uh, also pre-ordered the limited edition console, not yeah. because of how much of an Animal Crossing fan I am. It's just so beautiful. Those Joy Cons. It's like a. It's like a teal and like a sea foam, and the backsides are like a cream color. Super super cool. So I I, I was saying I'm like sixty percent sure I'm going to keep that pre-order. I really want it, but like, can I justify that? We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. You know what's amazing? At E3 last year, um, it was said that social media activity there was more for Animal Crossing than there was Breath of the Wild too. That's nuts. Animal Crossing People New Horizons was game. the most talked about game from E3 apparently maybe, last maybe year. Maybe because it's more around the corner. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they, there, they there was more, more details on yeah, it, but yeah. it, it, but that just really speaks to Still. how popular Animal Crossing is with its fan base. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no doubt it'll do well. Both titles are going to do great. I think. Oh yeah. They don't really cross over for fan bases. You know, obviously. I, uh, I love the dichotomy, though. It's uh, so good. Doom 2016 is one of my favorite shooters ever. 
And after, it's so funny, all like the, the heavy games I've been playing lately. So just huge open worlds with Fallout and now Assassin's Creed Odyssey where I'll have to sink another 40 hours in to, <laughs> to get to the end. I am ready just to blow some crap up. Yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm ready to go. And Doom is, is going to be, Eternal is going to be the perfect game for me right now. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, any Anything else that we want to highlight for the month that we haven't talked about? I think we got to, to pretty much everything yeah, for us. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, those guys are coming out at the end of this week. Couldn't care less about that. Uh, Neo 2, you mentioned. Outer Worlds for Switch. That, that, I played a lot of the Outer Worlds. That was a pretty, pretty fun game. I will probably end up playing that on, on Xbox One when I do get around to it. Yeah, it's on uh, Game Pass. But I love the thought of it being on Switch. Yeah, very Just, cool. That is super exciting That's a pretty big me. release for them. That really is. It kind of has gone under the the radar a bit, I feel like. Yeah, because that, that kind of seems to be the story with a lot of these like, AAA Switch games is they, they get announced day and date. You know, When the game is announced, it's also announced that it's coming to Switch, but it's always kind of like later. So game launches, there's buzz around it, and the kind of Switch version suffers because of that. Do we think Doom Eternal will see the later day on Switch? Yes. It will. Yes. I mean, Bethesda's but been very yeah, good about exactly. it. Was, literally, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, what month is it now? March? Uh, I don't know. Fall? I say September, I say October. Holiday. Yeah. No, Bethesda's been pretty good about their Switch stuff. They have. They've They've, been, yeah, they're the strongest third-party sport, right? I, I mean, was going to say third-party champion yeah. for sure when it comes yeah, to Yeah, probably. I mean, that or Square, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but one of the two, probably. So uh, tell us. Let us know at Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse which, uh, which title you're most excited for. Are you going to be crazy and buy both Animal Crossing and Doom? If you do, yep. send us a picture. We'd love to see that. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you sit right here, <laughs> folks. So we're going to get to the news here. We've got nine news items. A really nice news month, actually. Uh, we kind of, you know, whittled it down here a little bit. But let's start off with kind of the heavy hitter here. The new... Uh, where do I start? There's so much I want to talk about with Xbox Series X. Coming up this fall, beautifully delivered uh, just a few weeks ago by the time you're hearing this from Phil Spencer uh, through social media and at xbox.com or news.xbox.com initial takeaways obviously hilarious right off the bat we're getting 12 teraflops because that was kind of the joke that with was the, the meme how many yeah. flops yeah. how many flops are we getting here the one x a lot of tech terms here from variable rate shading to um, hardware accelerated direct x-ray tracing so what does this mean in layman's terms for us, the gamers? There's a lot of power under the hood for this new system for Xbox that we really we don't know a lot about, and we don't know how Microsoft views it just yet, but we've got actually some good insight here. Um, a few notable things from uh, Phil Spencer's blog post is uh, that I want to mention here. Hang on. What was the term for it? Okay, smart delivery. Smart delivery is going to be cool. I am all about that. So you buy any version of a, of a game, um, they've got to confirm it with third-party developers. But anything, it's, it's an option. So basically a third-party developer can choose to utilize this if they want. Yes, and I imagine most will, especially as we get out of the initial launch window. Yeah. But you buy a, an Xbox One version of a game, you get the Xbox Series X version as well when you go to upgrade. Or vice versa, if you've got an Xbox Series X and you're going to go play on your Xbox One, that you'll be able to play it cross-platform the proper and get version the correct version yep. of said game and, and we they, already have confirmation that cyberpunk 2077 is going to support this feature which is beautiful because super cool. that game is coming out in september 
and that's when I'm picking it up. I mean, they just they just sold a copy of that game to me on Xbox. Like I would have probably purchased that game on PS4 as one of like my last PS4 games because I have a Pro, but I don't have a One X. But I'm probably gonna buy it on Xbox One now because yeah, I get the the good version on the, the Series X. You know, it's really smart future proofing in a way for for Microsoft. It's there, just, it's just so friendly. It's just like why 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 not? Why are we repackaging games that came out eight months ago and selling them for sixty dollars again? Uh, they they kind of toyed with this at the launch of the Xbox One. Um, if you, you could, a lot of retailers were allowing you, Microsoft included, to upgrade your version for ten bucks. Yeah. So Call of Duty was it Infinite? No, it was World War Two. Uh, no, the first one was um, it was oh man. Yeah, it wasn't World no, War. No, it was Ghost. That's it, Ghost. Right? Yeah. So you can upgrade that in like Madden. I think that year came yeah. out. You can take your your game to the Microsoft Store or maybe even GameStop was doing it. Just hand in your three sixty copy and pay ten bucks to upgrade it. So like they've kind of been experimenting with that. But this, I mean, now we're kind of like in an all digital future. How does that work with a disc? I guess your disc just gets upgraded. They just download. It just downloads. That's the, a wonderful question. I have no idea how that's going to work. So actually. I'm sure you just pop in your Xbox One disc, and then it'll just download the patch, the update. I imagine yeah, that's kind of no different than like a DLC patch. Probably, yeah, you're right, probably. You're right. your key to the game almost, right? Like, well, so actually, here's another one. Um, Witcher Three just did that on Switch. Switch. They, they just added those new options for graphics and the running power of there it. There you go. And that oh, really? Yeah, there's a, it was actually a very extensive patch that, like, and people I haven't seen it myself, but people have said the graphics can now be noticeably improved just on the Switchboard. Yeah, cool. just with it down. Get you the 720? I, it might. I, I, think, I, I think it's just textures. I don't know if it's a resolution bump. It's something like that, but okay. no, like, it was yeah. a pretty extensive update, and they said the, the improvement in the visuals and the running power was it's, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, maybe it's something like that. It's just, you know, like you said, the just, digital yeah, patch. It's a new file. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility is what I'm saying. No, it's, no that's, it's not. Yeah, yeah it is. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's, now you've got, like, you know, on your Xbox One, you have to have the disc if you're using the physical version, for sure. example. I imagine maybe that's it. Like um, you've you've played the game there. I don't I don't know how that translates to the next gen and vice versa. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's going to be pretty seamless. Like I don't think you're gonna. Th- I don't think there's going to be like a gap. Uh, it seems like Xbox just wants to, this to be like a fluid transfer. Like we, yes. we were talking about our smartphones a little while ago, right? Like yeah. you guys have an iPhone six, iPhone six S. I have an iPhone eleven. We all can run mm-hmm. Facebook. Right, sure. Mine might be faster or whatever. Like we can all run most of the games on there. They just scaled to the device you're on, you know. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's how it's gonna go. And it's such. I joked pre-show that it, this was this should be called the Xbox 180, just because <laughs> yeah. of how drastically different it is from the approach to the Xbox One launch, where it was, you know, digital rights management was so big. It was this is your all-in-one. You're gonna be able to TV, watch your TV, your cable sports, through TV, it. Sports, Call of Duty. And, and TV. Look, in in just a few years, how far away we've gotten from that and this is just a total gaming device that is it looks like is aiming to make gaming as easy as possible they are they are just like padding i was was gonna say padding the cards stacking the cards in their (laughs) favor all these awesome services with xbox game pass with xcloud that's still in beta the smart delivery feature i don't know if you're going to go back to it but one of the the features that they talked about in this article the uh being able to pause multiple games at the same time, like all these yeah. super, super cool features. They're just. So they're you basically it. get to quick resume, they said. Yes. It's called. You can. Multiple games uh, can be in suspended states. So, with, like, you could be playing. Without going through loading screens. Exactly. So it just stores it, in, which which is nice. And that's probably because of the SSD that they're going to use, because they can probably write that to the SSD now, which is nice. Right now, they can't do that with a hard drive. It's way too slow. That's really nifty. Yep. 
Oh. Yeah, this this thing's powerful, and I I can't wait to see more in the coming months as we get to E3 with it. Um, the other thing, so we were talking about smart delivery, you know, across your Xbox devices, your generations. Uh, four generations of gaming. So anything that is backwards compatible now, and they'll continue to develop that library to be bigger as they've done this generation, is playing uh, the original Xbox and 360 games as well as Xbox One games on yep. there. So no having to worry about you know playing on old systems or anything like that. You're going to be able to play across generation, no problem here. Um, do you guys think... Uh, so I feel like in this generation for Xbox One and PS4, we get a lot of remasters, re-releases. Do you think this kind of puts the kibosh on that? or Depends on Sony. Depends on their approach. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what Sony's approach will be to this gap from PS4 to PS5. Have they already, like, in writing, confirmed backwards compatibility with PS4? Not that I've seen. I, I think I thought. Yeah, I think I thought. <laughs> I think I read that they did say something about backwards compatibility. First of all, baseline, if they don't have backwards compatibility, that's insane. If they, if they launch that PS5 and they can't throw a PS4 disc in there... Hey, at this point, how could they not? Uh, exactly. Think? But yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can see them doing what Microsoft is doing and allowing that seamless transfer and you know, like your, your single purchase to, to transfer to both consoles. So companies like third parties will, would have to remaster their game if they want to get it on that new platform. So I feel like we got a lot of releases this generation that didn't need a re-release. Um, maybe like a, a Return to Arkham. You know, like those games are barely upscaled. They're not really like... And then I think about a game like uh, Crash Bandicoot, where that was kind of built from the ground up. Yeah, in, those are in a different way. levels of remaster. Like That's a remake of the yes. game. Like Shadow of the Colossus was a remake. Too. Yes, I feel like those will continue on, but we'll see less of the Return to Arkham's. Sure. Because now, I, you know, I've got it on Xbox One. Why would I ever buy it on, on Xbox One X? Yeah. Well, gotta, maybe if they do, like, the Return of Markham's, which I, I assume you're referring to games that are basically just, like... I don't want to po- say like copy-paste. Right, just polish the visuals a little bit. Yeah. Maybe what they do with those is they're digital only, so then they save their money on, as opposed to, you know, uh, manufacturing the actual physical copies and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. It's just the digital code, and, hey, that saves them a lot of money. There's no middleman then between the retailer and the you know having to deliver them yeah sure and they could even say hey you know it, it's you can play it across your xbox one in, in series x here with smart delivery yeah and, again, um, and, and maybe they're uprising it a bit or and, and that uprise that's the it. word i was looking for <laughs> and i don't think that means they have to stop doing that because they can still sell that new copy that new version to people who don't own it on their xbox one or whatever like they can still you know make the, the xbox series version make it look better. The people who already own it get the, the download. And sure. the people who are don't own it, well, they buy the newest version. They get the best version out, right out of the gate. As long as there's new gamers every generation, you're going to keep seeing people, uh, sorry, companies utilize their old yeah. properties again. And again... Yeah, it, why keep, not? Yeah, keep the past alive. There's no reason to For, completely abandon I love your, a good remake. Yeah. Re- either remaster or remake, you know, d- however you want to define it. Sure. I, I'm Or collections. Like, like, I did not play Shadow of the Colossus and and I could go find a copy on PS2, probably hard to find. But if sure. I wanted to, I could do that and break out my PS2. But why not when I, I can do that on, on a PS4? Yeah, that, right? and that's the thing. Some some games, you really can't find physical copies anymore. Sure. When I worked at There's... GameStop, Shadow of the Colossus was so... That was difficult to find until the PS3 remaster, I want to say, yeah. they did in like 2011 or so. 
That, but that was like one people always ask for, and we'd never had in stock. Yeah. yeah, but I like that Xbox is trying to make sure you don't have to do that. They have you. You can buy original Xbox games digitally, right? It's yeah. Like, it, just it's so, it's just so appealing right yeah, now. It's just very friendly. We mentioned Game Pass. Obviously, that will continue on, and yeah, I can only money. imagine where that's going to go this generation with fifteen first-party studios now under the Microsoft umbrella. Yeah, I mean, if they can really deliver on first-party games, that's going to be. Because right now we're, we've been talking about Game Pass, and we're really kind of utilizing it for the most part for thir- for third parties. Yeah, they, they haven't yeah. really released any heavy hitters. And again, you can argue your your Gears Fives and your your Forces and stuff like that, but like they're not they're not changing the game. They're they're not big blockbusters. They're not no. God of War. Or anything they're not like moving that. the needle, and, and it, there's not an enough quantity yet. Exactly. But there, it sounds like there will be. And that's my point. If we were already raving about Game Pass, if they can deliver these games like that. <laughs> and they're just going to be included in that subscription like this. Yeah. Wild, man. It's going to be, uh, hopefully, they they stick the landing here. Yeah. And uh, with Phil Spencer leading the way, I think they'll they'll do a good job with that. Can I hop into another bullet point there? Yeah, for sure. So 120 frames per second support is actually kind of a huge deal. Um, right now, all consoles have, are limited to 60 frames per second. Um, I, I, being a console gamer, never really knew the difference until, like I mentioned earlier, my iPad Pro supports 120 frames per second on the display, so... Fortnite, a lot just open it up and allow the game to run at 120 FPS. It is night and day difference. Like it is absolute butter to be able to run at. I mean, PC gamers are at like 240 hertz nowadays, yeah. but <laughs> like just the jump from 60 frames to to 120 is just like it's silly. So that's going to be that, that's a huge technical improvement as well. The the fact that they're allowing that. And there's certain genres that are going to benefit immensely from that. I mean, Fight, sh- fighting games shooters, are going to be uh, that's oh, that'll man. be night and day. Anything, um, anything RTSs, space. any kind of you know real time strategy games, yeah. being able to you know uh, move across the map or you know seeing your units move over quicker. That's that's going to be a major major change. Yeah, that's something that, that people the people don't realize that they would care about until they have it. Right. It's, gonna, it's one of those quality of life things. It's like man, this game. It, it just changes the game. Once you see it, you can't go back. I straight up prefer to play Fortnite on my iPad now because I can pair either controller to it, my DualShock or my Xbox One controller, and I get 120 FPS. Like it, I prefer that than my PlayStation or Xbox at this point. I love it. You know, the last thing I kind of want to mention here is so the HDMI 2.1. Um, certain words I'm, I'm looking at as Phil Spencer writes this here, and we're talking, you know, think about Xbox One. We're talking about being able to hook up cable to it. Mm. And here we're talking about minimal lag. Yeah. Like, it uses the words minimal lag. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that is such that is such a gamer thing. It's a different mindset. Yes. Like, they, that is such a shift. Um, there's another one I wanted to mention through here. Uh, even just long loading screens. Like the the that, SSD is going to be such a game changer. That matters to us as gamers. And, um, they like, that's enough to make you want to support I think Xbox here is, is we get into the holiday season down the line, but they really this was a nice announcement. Yeah, this, this is, was really well done, and they got out in front of Sony a little bit. They did. Very weird that they're doing both companies because Sony did something similar where they kind of just did a, an article on like Wired.com or whatever. They're really like just putting a lot of text out there about these consoles before they really kind of have their big media blowout. I don't remember that for Mm-mm. it wasn't the way it worked last and time. And I'm I'm happy that they're doing that because. I want to say it like softens the blow for your actual announcement, but so many times you're so there it is. We're gonna get some. There's beeping. our friend, there, Jeff, swearing up a storm over here. Four sets of beeps. I, I, my lips aren't even moving. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, on. Um, I, I'm sorry. I completely missed the joke. I, it's the sensor <laughs> thing. Okay, I get it. I get the joke now. I thought. 
it's Never okay. Mind. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's good. I'm with, sorry. That was a good joke, and I, I completely whiffed <laughs> on it. I'm sorry, man. So with with Xbox One and PS4, I feel like we got the announcements, and that was it. Yeah. There's limited time at it shows like an E3 that Microsoft's going to, or if Sony wants to stage their own. Whether they do a sort of, uh, I still think Microsoft does their own too, even though they're going to be at E3. No, uh, I think we get the big reveal there, but it, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do what you're saying either. Okay, so well, there's also something to be said about the difficulty in translating those technical terms on stage in True. limited time, right? Yeah. Right, in limited time, yeah. and you know how many people are going to truly understand that who are watching? And who are, how, sorry, let me rephrase that: How many people are going to be engrossed? In listening to that, oh, yeah. with a person standing on stage, you don't, you don't want to see that, right? Much easier to get that information by just reading an article. I guess my point was, you normally get the big blowout and all the fancy, like the you know the the dog and pony show first, and then all the technical stuff. We're getting the tech stuff first. Like we don't usually, we would know yeah. what, what the UI looks like, and we would know like different services that are going to be on there, that kind of stuff. Well, think about it's it. Backwards. So. If we had it the traditional way, where we're getting the here's your Xbox, we're calling it Series X, and we get E3, and we see all the games that are coming for it. The questions immediately are, yeah, but what what's it running? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like now we're getting out those important details really out of the way, so we can just think about it too. Like they always want to focus on games at these Xbox presentations at E3. Ever since the Xbox One came out and kind of was focused on TV and everything but gaming, so now. That's what they get to do. Yeah. They just get to talk about games when it comes to E3 or whatever Features. convention. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm almost more... I'm not even almost. I'm more excited to see how Game Pass, Xbox Live, and xCloud are integrated into this device than I am about the launch lineup. Like, I just am so curious oh, about yeah, how I'm, that I'm ecosystem is going to work. Um, we know Halo is the big one that's, that's coming on Yeah, that's coming. Like, and, and we expect some more. Maybe that one that the... Uh, what's the name of their big... Like, they called it Quadruple A Studio, the initiative... Oh yeah, that's the um, one that, it's the initial, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know what they're working on, but I, I would hope that could be like a launch window game. I would hope so too. I think they'll they'll throw a few more in there, and we'll, we'll you know hopefully. Be oh, we surprised. know the, the Hellblade sequel. Yeah, yes. I gotta play that game. I gotta play the first one. Game Pass. That is yeah for sure. Uh, so really good stuff there coming from Xbox. We'll shift gears here actually to Nintendo. Gears. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's Xbox. Uh, you saw what I did there. So unintentional. Uh, Nintendo's next-gen console, we've been hearing a little bit. Uh, we have? Uh, just a little bit. Ah. We, th- we think we're about midway through the... Oh, boy. That's right. gone forever. hope it doesn't it's start on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should make sure it's not on the yeah. heater. Uh, well, I heard if we smell something throughout the show, we'll figure it out. All right. Wait. <laughs> no. I, here we go. Got it? Oh, flat, yeah. Flash right. drive secure. Flash drive secure. <laughs> All right. We can transfer our non-4K file now. <laughs> uh, we... It sounds like Nintendo's next-gen console may come in 2023. That being said, we are three years into the Switch's life cycle, almost actually to the day. Was yeah. it today or the third? It was I the think third. It's, no, uh, let March. me double check. I can't remember if it was March. the second or it third. It was the third. Yeah, it's the third. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the third. Why does March 7th sound right to me? That mm, was... March 7th, well, it was. I think <laughs> it's because of the day of the week it was. It mm. launched on a March Friday, 3rd. I want to say. Yep, March 3rd. Yeah. See, we got to listen to me, guys. Sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. Uh, so that being said, we're three years in. That would put the life cycle at a total of six years if it is 2023. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think I think Switch has a lot more left to do. And I would almost think it would be more of like a PS4 Pro Xbox One X upgrade. 
you know, where it's just like that. Maybe it's that uh, that Switch Pro that we've been rumored about. It's just a beefier Switch, runs all the same games, just a little more capable. I also think given how or you know just how the reputation of the switch has been so good for nintendo really revitalized the brand name they're going to be they're they're going to be you know hesitant to you know move into anything yeah, radically blow, blow different up, yeah. they're going to they're going to you know milk this for as long as they can because you know the switch is synonymous with the nintendo name at this point there's so many people who came back to nintendo strictly because of the switch console me yeah absolutely i it's funny anytime i hear that a generation is like either you know, in this case, halfway through or like almost over, I'm like, I'm a little bit sad because I'm like, no, I'm enjoying this. Like, let's keep this going. But then I see something like Xbox Series X and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, so I'm ready. So I, that's how I feel about Switch right now. I'm like, I love this device so much. And I always talk about it with you guys that I need to play more games on it sure. in general. But what what's wrong with an upgrade, right? Or a next gen version of yeah. that? Yeah. And again, I, I wouldn't like them to completely blow it up and like make the Switch obsolete. No, I I want I don't like this no, is it, my my sweet spot for consoles like yeah. in terms of obviously handheld to TV hybrids like I I love what it does I I would love to see more of it yeah, and, give me some more power better I think, version of it I think they'll follow the mobile phone kind of route yeah. where it's like you know an incremental upgrade kind of like how it's you know your iPhone 6s to six sorry iPhone seven yeah it's not going to be like the GameCube to Wii kind of transition like, I think we almost might be mm-hmm. done maybe besides PlayStation with like those hard cutoffs exactly you know, yes those hard generational like all right well now you can only buy games for this now they don't exactly. work backwards no I, I think we're getting away from that just, i mean think about technology really that's the gaming is the only industry that does that yeah and, and only console gaming like pc gamers don't deal with that nope series Mobile x phones don't do that certainly feels like it's it's that, that for sure it, right there it, it's you know I, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of like pop and circumstance around it but it kind of does feel a little bit like the one x the the one to the one yeah, X. Yeah. you know it's like i'm just gonna get I, some more features and some, i agree some better visuals but it, like doesn't look terribly different. Obviously, it's a different shape, but like it's in that family. And not that this really matters, but I wonder if the UI is going to be the same. I wonder if they're going to do a different dashboard to kind of di- to distinguish. Oh, did you get the update by the way? In the last few days, there's a new Xbox dashboard. It's uh, very no. similar. No, no. I turned my Xbox on one day and I was like, "What is this?" Huh. I had no idea it was coming, but it's it's uh so on the the one that you would still have, it would go left to right with. Your, you've got your home, Game Pass, yeah. store, all that. It's now, it's it's a little bit like that, but it's up and down as hmm. opposed to interesting. Okay. left and right. Um, and I wonder, like, so the default background was the Xbox Series X. Sure. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if that's a little bit a little of a tease. tease. Yeah. I've never seen any kind of hardware or anything change its UI more frequently than the Xbox One has. Oh, my gosh. There's been, like, six different UIs. It's been Insane nuts. Insane since day one. Figure like, it out. <laughs> yeah, totally different. Figure it out. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the thing now. Okay. So, I'll have to uh, turn, check that out tonight. Turn I, it on. I, I'm a UI nerd. I like I like that stuff. Yeah, it's, it'll take a little bit of getting used to. It's okay. But, yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, moving on to news item three here. So, KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. Um there's rumors from a few sources. I'm I'm citing IGN, who's citing a few other sources actually. But they are. Uh, there's two things going on. We think there's a possible Knights of the Old Republic remake, and then there's potential that there is uh, a different game, but a kind of a sequel of sorts. Hmm. My opinion, with looking at all of this, so we had Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and then a sequel on the original Xbox back in the day, is that this would be almost like a soft reboot if this does come to fruition and if EA ever gets 
their head out of their ass when it comes to Star Wars. Yep. So, I think that's where it's going, and let's let's talk about that just for a minute. What do you guys... So, that's what they did with Battlefront. They kind of rebooted it. It's a lot of the same elements. This one is so story-based, though. Right. So, that's where... But, again, the old canon has been wiped away. This would be uh, kind of a reestablishing of a lot of these these characters. What do you guys think of that? Would you like to see some sort of a... Um, like a built from the ground up reboot of this for our current or next gen systems or or do you want to see just something completely different? I would hope they just take the original story and say, Hey, this, this is actually Canon. This is no longer in legends. This is actually Canon because I think that story is one of the most iconic expanded universe narratives out there. I mean, the twist with Darth Revan, Wow. And I know that's, next to nothing about it. I'll tell you. Okay. That's a huge Star Wars fan. Just, I'm just one person, but I'm just saying. Okay, well, I will not give no. away the no, no, twist no, no. then. You, so, Dude, the game's been out for like it doesn't matter. <laughs> 15 years, so you're, you're, you're good my best, for spoilers. You're my best bud. I can't do that to you, but, <laughs> but no, seriously. No, I'm just saying I'm, I'm one person. I, I don't know it. I played a few hours of the first one. Never touched the second one, and I when they re- released it for iPad, I played it a little there. Cool. Did you – have you – okay, so no. John isn't – No KOTOR. Um. For me, selfishly, I want a reboot of it, almost like a built from the ground up, like cinematic experience. Hey, you never played it back in the day, but we are taking that story, making it canon, and we're going to modernize it for your 2020 system. I think that's kind of the only way you can do it, right? Like, why it's so beloved, don't call it KOTOR if you're not going to give it the same story. I think I th- I think they, they, they could call it KOTOR and, like, write a different story in, but it'd have to be heavily influenced by those original ones. Hmm. Um, Obsidian, was it Obsidian? Yeah. Obsidian always envisioned it to be a trilogy. And um, we never we never got there, which is kind of in, intriguing because those were such popular games. Uh, but I, I would be all over it. So it, you think they maybe go like the Thrawn route, the way they brought him into yeah, the canon? Exactly. Like influenced by those original ones, even right. the same writer, which is kind of crazy. But um, something that is fresh on its own. And I feel like that way you're hooking in everyone who loved the originals, well, most people, and then you're going to get people like me who never really played them much and just love Star Wars. So I guess there is kind of a precedent for it because, as we found out now with the upcoming novel uh, novelization for Rise, of, sorry, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I mean that that plot is so so similar to the Dark Empire comics. Mm-hmm. You know, everything with Palpatine is that's basically the concept that was taken right out of there. Oh, sure. So there is a precedent yeah. for them looking back to the expanded universe, which is now Legends, and still utilizing that for the canon. Of course. And then you've got, I mean, in gaming yeah, alone, look, work. we've got God of War, which totally remade itself, but again, yeah. was heavily influenced. Yeah. And that was technically a sequel, but, you know. Sure. And then you've got, um, uh, there's another game I wanted to mention, uh, or even like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? Sure. Like, to a lesser extent, oh, yeah. based on story, but... Um, rebranding its its story while diving into the past. Right. So I I would be all for that. And my my thought would be give Bioware something to do here with Star Wars. And they they've had a bit of a rough time in the last few years with their their releases. Give them a shot to develop a story here, an open world that is just you know enriched in Star Wars lore, and let them run wild. And I feel like that is the comeback game that uh, a studio like that would need. That's that's where I'd love to see it go. Uh, that moves into a bullet point number four here. A few Star Wars canceled projects at EA. We knew about two of them, uh, but there apparently was also a Battlefront spinoff that yeah. was canceled last year. Uh, this is from uh, Kotaku, and 
I think that's kind of interesting that we've had this many games in development uh, under EA's umbrella, if you will, since they took over the Star Wars license, and we've had three of them canceled now. What is going on? How how is the mismanagement there from this, a, on a scale of one to a hundred? How much do you hate EA for what they've done to Star <laughs> you know what's Wars? What's hilarious case? is I was always to a degree an EA defender. Yeah, and here they are. They're basically like, ho, oh, Josiah, you like <laughs> you you like us? You I dare you to defend us after we take your most beloved lore, your IP, and just crap on it. That's that's what you've done, EA. Honestly. I I I enjoyed Battlefront two way more than the average person. Most people enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. so that's that's not really fair to say. But um, I I'm disappointed. I'm at this point wishing they would just get out of the contract. Yeah, because you've said that before. This is not the first time I've heard you. It was 20, utter those words. Yeah, up. 2013 is when they took over, and I've only got a shell of a Battlefront game in in Battlefront one. Battlefront 2, which has changed so much. Took a while to get there, at the very least. It's now a very, very good, complete package where it wasn't at launch. And we got Jedi Fallen Order, which, frankly, was probably a game that was only possible from a studio like Respawn, who is just so... uh, There's a lot of studios that that could do a quality work. But what I'm saying is Respawn did this in such a short period of time. We're working on a different IP altogether and then transitioned and, and made what many consider to be one of the best Star Wars games of all time. It's saying a lot. And get your stuff together. You've got a lot of studios that you could work with. How many studios would raise their hand and say, we want to work on right, a Star Wars yeah. game? Yeah. you got to look at EA and think it's that. Do we yeah, have yeah. like logistics on this contract? And when is it up? Do we know? Was that- it was a 10-year contract, oh, and I no. believe it started in 2013. 10-year <sighs> exclusivity on developed games. Well. Yep. I, I and I almost wonder how much of the mismanagement is on EA and how much of it is on the not. I know it's their responsibility, but I wonder if they're the ones pulling the plug or if it's like if it's Disney who's pulling the plug there, on these projects. That's something that is not often talked about. Yeah, and uh, there were rumors after Battlefront Two launched that uh, you know Bob Iger got on the phone with EA and was like, "What are you guys doing with yeah. the microtransactions and all this stuff?" And that's why they ended up pulling back. You wonder if that moment, that release was the reason that they had to start pulling back and they were like, we're not doing any more business. Yeah. We're not sinking any more money into it. We'll do maybe one game every few years. Who knows? Maybe okay, th- but if Disney buys them out, do they still take the cap hit from it? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't ask me because I actually have a salary cap expert with all the stuff we've had to deal with in Buffalo over the last few years. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm not happy, but I there should have been six Star Wars games by now, not three. Yeah. Granted, we're getting Lego Star Wars, but that's not under the contract. That's a whole different yeah. Because those were already coming long before different ball of wax, right? Like that's developed by someone else entirely. Those were not new at the time. Yeah, not good. Not good. I'm not happy, but I, you know, time will tell as to what this contract looks like. I want to say it's through 2023. I don't know that. Let's let's get a move on. Um. Next bullet point wraps up a bunch of incredible sales numbers that we we've heard in the last month. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order passes 10 million in units. That's a lot, right? That's pretty good. That's huge. <laughs> Outer Worlds, uh, 2 million. Pretty good for a game yeah. of that nature, right? Pretty good for a game that you can get on Game Pass. That's true. That's it, that's absolutely true. Uh, and the the other one, Jeff, if you want to mention just some of the Nintendo ones oh, that yeah. had brought up no, in a I minute. got some stuff up when you're when uh, we're ready to talk about that. Last one I wanted to mention is Witcher 3 has surpassed $50 million in sales on Steam alone. Yeah. Um, 
So that fr- franchise is blowing up right yeah, now, especially thanks to the Netflix, Netflix show. Netflix show, the Switch release, yeah, a lot of uh, a the, lot of rejuvenation. The books got a massive jump apparently yeah. in their publications. Makes there was sense. a big jump from uh, the video game sales when yep. we saw this. Uh, uh, well, even just news of the Netflix series. So I think I saw a headline that like they had their most active players ever. Yes. No, you're right about. I saw something including very like similar, the yeah. launch window. Yep. Recently, no, no, crazy. Witcher is absolutely blowing up right now. Happy to see it because it's a quality game, yeah. and it's it, especially for fans who seek open worlds. Like get get involved with that. I know John and I have played our fair share of Witcher and not finished them, or uh, Witcher three specifically. Oh yeah, but man, get into it. it it's good stuff. Can't wait for uh, another Witcher game one day. And read the books too, if you people haven't. Not you, not you two in particular. To anybody listening, I highly <laughs> recommend the books. Not read no books. <laughs> what <laughs> do you mean, you people? The books are yeah. great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, that, that's what I've heard. People love those. Jeff, uh, talk about some of the Nintendo game uh, sales that we've heard over the, the last yep. few weeks. Yep, Nintendo had their quarterly report um, for sales as of December 31st, 2019. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is almost at $23 million, and <laughs> that was as of December 31st, so it's definitely surpassed that by now. That's just insane. I mean, it's it's a re-release of a game. It's not even an original Mario Kart it's Mario game. Kart, man. It was made for people like me who didn't have right. the Wii U and wanted to jump in. Right? You know, there's always been the debate. Are we going to get a Mario Kart 9 for the Switch? I question it now. I, I think if they do more Mario Kart, they just do new tracks as DLC for this. Why why abandon this, it's gonna man? Be interesting. It's going to it's going to hit 30 million because it keeps selling. A lot of these Switch games, they're showing legs. I mean, yeah, it's it's almost like anytime my mom buys a Switch, like what's the game to go to? Well, Mario Kart. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Give them yeah. something to play. Oh, absolutely. Brand recognition is huge there. Yep. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, 17.68 million pieces. Jeez. Another gigantic one. Uh Breath of the Wild is soon to overtake Mario Odyssey as of December 31st. Breath of the Wild's at 16.34 million. Mario Odyssey was at 16.59 million. Is that just Switch sales or does it count a Wii That's U? That's just well? the Switch sales. With the Wii U sales for Breath of the Wild, it's just a hair under 18 million. It's definitely surpassed that by now because, like I said, these sales are from December 31st. Um, Breath of the Wild has continued to sell throughout time. It's showing even greater legs than Mario Odyssey. Um, so it, it's going to surpass that at some point. And then the hype from Breath of the Wild, too, that announcement is surely helping as well the big one though is pokemon sword and shield just some of the most insane numbers i've ever seen in the six weeks that it was out in 2019 it sold over 16 million copies oh my and that was just in 2019 yes just the six weeks because i think it was like november 15th or something that it launched in 2019 so 16 million it's 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 absolutely mind-boggling i love super mario odyssey super mario odyssey Odyssey. right no you and a lot of other people too um i i you know, in the, in the vein of Breath of the Wild 2, I think we're going to see a Super Mario Odyssey 2 at some oh, point. Oh, man, sign me up. I think, you know. Kathy's ju- great. Yeah, uh, you know, similar to how Mario Galaxy got a direct sequel on the Wii, I, I think you're going to absolutely see that with Mario Odyssey. I don't know how you couldn't. Do you think the Breath of the Wild will be called Breath of the Wild 2? No. Th- no. Just, no. Um, I, I mean, it, there's, there's an argument to be made for it because... It's so rare that Zelda games get a direct sequel, yeah. and, and there's, it's never been done in this capacity where it's the still the same exact setting, same, same characters. Yeah. I mean, this story may very well take place days after Breath of the Wild ended in yeah. terms of the narrative, um, but just Zelda has always been defined by having a unique title in sure. there. I, I just don't see them ever doing that. I could see them doing it because, like you said, it's a little bit unique, but second, um, the uh, just talking about how well the original sold, that's yeah. enough for a lot of people yeah. or companies it's, to slap a, a number I mean, two around. It's true. Like, yeah. Breath of the Wild is just such a cool name. Yeah. It, it is. It is a very cool name. I guarantee you that there are people out there who 
you know, no Breath of the Wild as a title, but not Zelda, maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Because there's plenty of gamers who are, you know, who, who probably never owned a Nintendo system or never played a Zelda before this. Uh, Breath of the Wild really elevated the Legend of Zelda franchise to mainstream success that it never knew before. It was just a perfect storm with the Switch launching. Yeah, it just the the nature <laughs> of the game. It's I mean, it's one of the most open freedom offering games you can possibly find and it kind of broke down that daunting barrier that was in uh, previous zelda games uh, which were very puzzle heavy they were i mean not to say that breath of the wild isn't but they were a little more linear they were you know perceived as being very difficult uh, a lot of people avoided 3d zeldas because they thought they were too hard that they were too complicated they didn't have the mainstream success that breath of the wild did because anybody can play it because literally any play style is viable in it i should go back and finish that at some point you, you really definitely should, should. <laughs> you definitely should i need to do a master uh mode run on that that's gonna probably happen before breath of the wild 2 comes out i think that's how i'll get ready for that that I, game is so good i it tell is. myself i'm gonna play it this summer but you know I, it's how it goes right like you get lost with your backlog and i don't mm-hmm. know i i, I want to say i finished maybe about half of the the main story i remember you telling me you got to a second divine beast i believe i beat i don't know if i beat two or not i was right around there right um, for what it's worth i vaguely remember that oh Uh, oh, so this is actually not to go off on a tangent here but i wanted to ask you guys this is almost like zelda counseling so for me personally if you were me who hasn't touched i've I've touched the game maybe a few hours in the last year start Mm -hmm. over Oh, yeah, that's my question. <laughs> that, that was going to be your question. <laughs> that's my question. Yeah, start over or try to pick up where I was. So I'm. I think it's like twenty twenty five hours worth of time that I put into it. I would have to look at your inventory, and your your armament, what you've got. In you there. tell me. You know, start also, over. and also how many shrines you've done. Yeah, how you, many Korok seeds you've collected. You know what? You tell me to start over. I think I take that back. No, I don't think you have to because Breath of the Wild very much is a, a game where you just see something and you do it. Yeah, there, it, there isn't really much guidance, anyways. Like it's not like you're missing tutorials. Like honestly, no. Never. I take that back. Narrative? Would you say? No, not no. really. There's not much narrative, anyways. There's really not. I don't, and I that, didn't that's been so. one of my criticisms yeah. about the game, especially you're, as a diehard Zelda fan. Yeah, you're, you're the, the game is about exploration. That really is is what the game is about, and just it's a sandbox. It's it's Hyrule and, is your sandbox, and there's, and there's narrative within the world. The exploration yes. tells you stories, and that that's cool. But the overall like cutscene narrative that, yep. that that's just whatever. You don't need it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I never felt super attached to it. No, not you, having any prior Zelda experience yeah. anyway. Exactly. Uh, it's a game I always take. So every every summer, my family rents a cottage in Sunset, New York. And and that's a game that I always take there, and I'm you know sitting either in the the cabin there or on the beach, and that's what I play. And I feel like um, I, there's a part of me that's like just start over and then buzz through it, like because like Fallout, I kind of just was like you know beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if that's something I can do with Zelda or not, or if I should just pick it up and I'll kind of figure out where I was. Nah, just go back yeah, to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't for recommend sure. it. Um, Good. Another, another sales figure you'll like though. Luigi's Mansion Three sold five point three seven million in two thousand nineteen. Big Boom. money. Big money Luigi. Yeah, that's a huge number for I that love game. that game. Play it if you have not. I could be wrong, but I think just in 2019, Luigi's Mansion 3 already outsold the lifetime sales of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Dark oh, Moon. I, so I love it. Really I really like Dark Moon. And, and, yeah, and it I was. It was it a, a great game, but this really tells you, you know, the success of the Switch. Big, big, for sure. Any, you know, big Nintendo IP is going to sell on there. Besides Kirby. Well, we also haven't got a... 
ambitious I, Kirby yet. I don't even know if they've sold one. I just don't like Kirby. Oh, okay. That's different. What's what's up with that one? <laughs> no idea. Okay. Super <laughs> that's, that's, Yeah, that's out of Do you know what field. I really, really want is a, a remastered Metroid Prime. We really need that. I, yeah, I've we need that trilogy. Yeah, we need that trilogy to come back. That's, that, needs, that would be my day one jump on point for that series, and I can't believe we haven't gotten any wind of that yeah but i don't know maybe before metroid prime 4 whenever that comes i, I hope they're not delaying that till next we sh- gen we shall see gotcha, we shall see not. uh two more i got uh okay. fire emblem three houses 2.58 million far and away the biggest sales for that series the next highest in the franchise is awakening with 1.9 million so that's really telling you um how big three houses was for the series um and then astral chain over a million copies as a third-party game from Platinum Games, brand new IP, uh, releasing right before Link's Awakening. Sorry, light, right before Link's Awakening, and smack dab in the middle of that in Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's really telling you how popular that one was. Those are great figures all around, like yeah. across the board for everything there. That's a big one for Nintendo because you know the knock has always been third-party games don't sell on Nintendo consoles, but now you got you know this one doing over a million. Like is that brand new IP? It's not even like Bayonetta, which is recognizable. The tides are shifting. Let's let's hope. Bullet point number six, we said we've got some uh, big names in the gaming industry moving uh, to new homes. Uh, first off, we've got co-founder of Rockstar Games, Dan Hauser, uh, head writer on games like Bully, Red Dead Redemption, and Grand Theft Auto, leaving Rockstar and Take-Two Games. Uh, kind of a big deal, no sure. doubt. He's there since 1998. He was on a, a nine-month sabbatical, probably a kind of a last whim. Hey, I'm going to take my time before I move on. Don't know what and if he'll be doing in the gaming industry, but no uh, no doubt, end of an era there for Rockstar. And then uh, in Microsoft, uh, notably The Coalition, so this is the studio that uh, focuses solely on the Gears franchise, Rod Ferguson is going to Blizzard to oversee Diablo. Hmm. So Rod Ferguson, who notably is a, such a Gears fan and, and has always been passionate about the Gears franchise has been a huge fan of Diablo his entire life, has like a tat- tattoos for Diablo, is now going to oversee a, a franchise he grew up with. That's awesome. Kind of cool, right? I wonder how, that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because they're two wildly different genres. They are, for sure. You're talking about you know borderline MMORPG compared to a third-person shooter. tactical shooter. Yeah. Different uh, <laughs> for sure. And you know we got Gears 5 shipped, pretty big success for, for Microsoft overall. Now he's going to do something similar with one of the, the most iconic franchises in gaming. You think the Coalition does something other than Gears next? I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like they will next. No. I feel like they want to complete maybe this this trilogy. Hmm. Uh, if if that's the route they're going with the franchise, and I believe they will. If you saw the end of Gears Five, um, because you know you got to think you're you're getting Halo Infinite, which is effectively Halo Six, we believe, and then maybe in another two years we get. Year six, I, th- I think that's where they'll go next because they've got so many first-party studios. True, but maybe after that. Yeah, that's my opinion at least. Uh, number seven, we've got uh, a bunch of AAA games coming from Ubisoft in later 2020 as well as 2021. Uh, they listed during a um, an earnings call recently that they'll be uh, releasing five tr- specifically AAA games. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two is not one of those five games. Of course, it's not. <laughs> How could it be? How could it be, right? It's a 2022 at best game. <laughs> it, it's kind of amazing that we're still there. 
we believe in this batch, of course, will be Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Gods and Monsters, which we all raved about from last E3. That's on my radar. And uh, we think there's an Assassin's Creed game, as uh, I took in my Fantasy Game League, yeah. uh, based on Vikings. You better hope so. Uh, I oh, hope so. that'd be such a cool concept. It would. Vikings would be great for Assassin's Creed. I think so. Uh, Skull and Bones, I can't believe this. I just When I read this article... Uh, I thought the game was out. <laughs> I I can't. I we played it like Adam and I played it at E three two E threes ago. Yeah, Whoa. it's been a hiatus. What a weird weird thing because the game felt like done, at least from the model we we played. But it was like this was ripped out of Assassin's Creed, right? Like the the ship warfare and, and things of that nature. So I don't I don't know what's going on with that game. Maybe they decided it didn't test well and they didn't want to put the money into finishing it. Don't know. Kind of interesting there. Uh, number eight, Activision is planning on a bunch of re-releases uh, and reimagined experiences in 2020. Huh. So we've already gotten Crash Bandicoot, we've gotten Spyro, and we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Do any IPs or titles come to mind that you think Activision might be talking of? Hmm. I, I've got one in mind. I do too. After you. More so for the meme value and the nostalgia factor tony hawk i was gonna say that too just yeah. just appeal into what we all played when we were 10 11 years old do you think we get a tony hawk remastered like the original or tony hawk 2 maybe uh like what Something, a tony hawk collection uh, yeah maybe that one two three because pe- like best you know, of. Didn't they yeah, exactly do like a remake wasn't like tony, they just re- remade tony hawk pro skater i think i don't know that i think they. i did. thought that was just like i thought that was a reboot Pretty sure it's a remake okay. uh, of the original game, and I, from what I understand, it's not very good. I don't know that we've gotten far enough away from Tony Hawk, the franchise, releasing to to do a new one and be excited about it. I could be wrong. When was the last game? It was just a few years so ago. What I'm talking about is Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD. And it's a oh, that, yeah, okay. That was like a 2000 and... When did that come out? 2012. So after that, there was a game. I don't know if it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 or if it was just called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. But there was one released in, I want to say, 2014 or 2015. And I know that because on our most anticipated list, uh, one of our former writers, Chris Austin, listed it. And I was like, there's a Tony Hawk game coming out still? Hmm. Um, yeah, it's 2015 Pro Skater 5. It was Pro Skater 5. Okay. Yeah. So I can see them doing some sort of remaster. I, I played the heck out of Tony Hawk uh, 3. Like on the cruise <laughs> ship level. and you The could... level with the bull running around in the arena? No, this Th- is different. That's the second one. Yeah. That's two. Yeah, right? yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two is like my jam. That's my that's, that's my mo- touchstone for the well. Pretty much everyone's favorite, I would say. I think Underground is a big one for me too. Yeah. So, so you think there there'd be demand? Like, would you guys be excited to see this this year? I don't know. I'd, I'm not sure either. I don't know that it would be anything for me. What I think is happening is what we saw with Modern Warfare, but Black Ops. Mm. So they said, "quote unquote" reimagined, and that's exactly to me what Call of Duty Modern Warfare was. It was reimagined. And I feel like the blo- it, it worked out so well, it you know reviewed so well. Obviously, it sold well. It always does. But Black Ops to me is where it's it's probably going. We had Smart. Black Ops Four. Yep. And I think I think it's time if yeah. if they're gonna do that for a Call of Duty series. Um, that would be my take. Nothing else comes to mind. Did with, it say for twenty for this year though? Uh, in twenty twenty. Yeah. Be interesting though, because it's not their turn to admit to you know they. Just, I want to say they they changed the rotation. I could be wrong on that. Couple of things. Well, I don't. Know. I'm not sure about that because they just put out Black Ops Four, 
before mm-hmm. Modern Warfare. True. And so Sledgehammer would be next, technically. Something happened. I want. I gotta confirm this. I thought Treyarch moved up. Okay, but they're also still doing a lot of work on Black Ops Four. Uh, the Blackout mode is still pretty big. There, that game is still being supported because there's no battle royale in Modern Warfare. So I that totally is. We forgot about that. It's not. It's not huge. It's not like Apex or Fortnite, but people still play it and they still put out updates for it. Yeah. Um. I maybe we don't get it this year, uh, but I the the thing says 2020, and I wonder what that means then. Yeah. Tony Hawk seems like a a good bet, but uh, we'll see there. The other thing, uh, last news item here, you can rickroll in Fortnite. I've heard about that. How does this work? I think it's just an emote, right? Yep. Yep. You have to pay for it. I don't know what the equivalent is. I want to say... It's probably... Five bucks? That sound about right, John? If it's 500 V-Bucks, then yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yep. This is notable to me because if you know me at all, you know I love Rick Astley. And (laughs) I'm a huge Rick Astley advocate. My Twitter, uh, you'll see in in my little bio that I'm the unofficial president of the Rick Astley fan club. It's true. Did you guys know he released two albums in the last three years? I'm glad I do know. Well, great, you, great information. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Super stoked. You guys, you guys are missing out. Uh, so that's that's all we had for news on this month's episode of Geek Scott Game. We're gonna wrap things up here on both the video and podcast versions. Here we'll go to. It'd be weird if we only did one version, right? Uh, we'll go to. <laughs> We're gonna wrap up the podcast. One could be like the extended version. Come back to the video version. <laughs> We're gonna go to. You know what? Actually. This is a good segue. Drafting with drafts does that. Yeah. So, oh, really? There's like a post-credit scene. I don't. <laughs> sort of. No, there's uh, ten drafted characters or sports or whatever we're doing for that episode on podcast form, but only five in video form. Interesting. So incentive to listen to the the podcast essentially. I don't run that show, but that that's how it is. Where can we find you on social media? What's going on for you and the Geekiverse? We'll start with Jeff. At Twitter, Jeff. Uh, sorry, at Twitter. <laughs> He's at Twitter, <laughs> folks. That's a great handle. How'd you get that one? That was a bad one. Sorry. On Twitter, at Jeffrey Paz. <laughs> it's been a long episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, it has. Holy crap. It's right where I thought it would clock in at with all the items we had to talk about. Yeah. So that 45-minute beep we had before. <laughs> that seems like two days ago. <laughs> and then uh, Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. I'm almost done with my trilogy of novels, The Legend of Light. You can find them on Amazon. If you like Narnia, Shannara, or Legend of Zelda, and you're an avid reader, I really wish you would check them out. Third one will be coming out next month, most likely. Awesome. Thank you to the Geekiverse for helping me publish these. I cannot thank the company enough for all their support so far. Super exciting times and uh, an insight yep. on, uh, on the trilogy. I'm dead tired. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, also Amanda uh, Woomer, who uh, is normally on Pluscast, she's not on this month's episode, uh, she has now sold over 400 copies of her newly released book, so that's awesome. exciting to see that kind of start climbing up here. We've got a lot of good uh, things going on at the Geekiverse, a lot of authors, a lot of self-published authors, and it's, uh, it's good to see. Check them out. We'll throw some links in the article for this Uh Pass it on to a friend if you're not purchasing it too. Maybe maybe they're going to be the ones to purchase it. Any support appreciated. John, what's going on with you? I'm not writing books or anything like that, but <laughs> I tweet about the MCU <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, next he's going to tell me he's watching the MCU for the 16th time. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Disruptoid, uh, tweeting about the MCU a lot, baseball, that kind of stuff. Uh, Pluscast, we were just on, uh, recorded that. That'll be out this month. Uh, drafting with drafts. Excited to record that. Uh, so this is this is yeah. G three. So w- what are we doing for that? That's uh, what's the premise for that drafting with drafts? Uh, so yeah, great crossover. 
Um, John and I are invading drafting with drafts, uh, which is uh, sponsored by our friends at Community Beer Works in, in Buffalo here. Um, we are going to draft video game characters. The premise, uh, so it's always this made-up premise and then what we want to draft. Uh, there's four of us on the show. Uh, it's going to be Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have come together to create a next-gen fighting game a la Smash Brothers. Draft your roster of fighters. So it's anyone, any characters, and do they have to be first-party characters? No, or are we just saying no? That they, they're do, they do not have the. Uh, it'll be more specific, but it'll basically say that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have the rights to every character in got video it, games ever. It, I it. mean, basically anybody's free range in Smash so Brothers at this point. For sure. There's okay. so many third-party characters. We'll see how many Fire know. Emblem characters get taken. No. Literally <laughs> zero. Um, <laughs> I will not be picking any. Spoiler alert. But yeah, so. It's going to be interesting. We'll also have to balance, like, you won't necessarily have to pick from this studio or that publisher, but you can, well, the rules will be fleshed out. You can only take, like, two Nintendo characters, for example, cool. or stemming from a Nintendo property. That would be a problem for me. It would be a problem. <laughs> so, so that's going to be fun. I can't uh, wait for that. Yeah, Derek Kramer's actually going to be sitting in with us that's again. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so news to me. Our, uh, our buddy, we just confirmed, uh, he just uh, said on the Jedi Fallen Order spoiler cast, which you can check out. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, plus cast, lots, lots of talking, basically. It's what we've got going on right now. For sure. Guys, we are in, we're almost in E3 season, but we are in officially in Nickel City Con season. Yeah. We are two months away. Very exciting. Always an exciting time of year. I could not be more stoked than to sit down for 45 minutes with Sean Gunn on stage. That's so cool. I cannot wait. And not just for his appearance as, as Craglin in, in the, the Guardians movies. Did you guys know that he did the motion capture for Rocket? Yeah. I did not know this until recently. Yep. I did not either. Uh, but my wife has always loved Gilmore Girls. Uh, and he is a primary character on that show, if you don't know. Uh, I, I can't wait to sit and just chat, chat with him. I, I hope he's everything I'm, I'm dreaming of here. <laughs> Michael Rooker will also be there. We're, I'm not sitting down with him. We are looking at a great celebrity lineup for this year's Nickel City Con. If you like Star Trek, you're going to notice some some wonderful names from there. Uh, we've got um, a lot of wrestlers, right? Yep. right? We've got a, a lot Sting, going on I there. We've got Sting. Sting. we got Sergeant Slaughter, Lex Luger, a fellow Buffalo boy. Yeah, this, it's going to be a good time. Tickets officially on sale right now at NickelCityCon.com. The Geekiverse is a proud media sponsor. Um, is this year five? I, I keep forgetting. Yes. I think it's year five. Yes, this is year five. Uh, we've been there since the beginning. Thanks to our friends at David Adams for always being so welcoming uh, and letting us team up with them. The con has grown every year. We're hoping to do so this year. Don't miss out right now. So we're filming this uh, March 2nd, so if this expires by the time that you see this, I apologize. But three-day passes are on sale for $35. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday in May. Can't beat it. You're never going to get a cheaper con ticket for a three-day pass. Uh, so get your tickets for that now. Yours truly, as a group, will be there. We'll be selling our merchandise. Uh, John's got a Geekiverse t-shirt on now. I've got a God of War-themed t-shirt on that you probably can't see over my computer. Anyway, if you can't wait for the con, go to store thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. Over 20 designs to choose from in there. This wraps up another episode of Geek Scott Game. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We can't wait for the next episode. For Jeff, for John, I'm Josiah. Have a wonderful month.
charge Take what's ours Carve our name up in the stars We've been at this so very long But I don't think we're wrong When you finally find that thing It keeps you up at night It's worth a fight You want it all with all your might We've been at this so very long For you to say Bye.